Welcome to Let Love, a podcast with the Sisters of Life. We invite you to join us for conversation, looking at life through the lens of love. You are loved, you are made in God's image, and your life matters. Let's talk about it. And we are back. This is Sister on East Day. And this is Sister Veritas. And this is Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life. And it's a joy to be in the ring again here. It is great. And talking about uh, the gospel of life, which is fun. Very fun. We're in chapter one and kind of a part two to chapter one, which again, there's an intensity to it. And we're going to dive in more. But before we do, I just was thinking, sister, it's like there are so many unsung heroes around us. Mm -hmm. Like they're everywhere. Yeah. And it can be really easy to like get focused on um, the bad stuff that's going down, um, the darkness, et cetera, et cetera. It's there for us. Um, but when you start looking around and seeing actually the goodness of people, mm-hmm. it's really powerful. Like, for example, mm-hmm. I like to go for a walk most days. And it seems like every single time that I do, I walk down this one street and Flying around the corner is a car with, you know, one of those classic driver ed school (laughs) logos on the side and on the top of the car. And, you know, in the driver's seat, you have a very timid soul, like (laughs) gas acceleration is clearly uh, still getting worked out. Um, (laughs) The brake, the braking might be a little more jerky. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and then I see this person sitting next to this new driver and calm Mm -hmm. cool Mm -hmm. uh you can see them they're just giving directions with great patience and with great love and i'm like that is amazing yeah amazing he's teaching another person to parallel park like (laughs) probably for the thousandth time and he's doing it with so much love and patience and just goodness like yeah amazing driver's ed instructors you're my hero, especially the one who directed me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm saying with me, I'd like to give a personal shout out. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. They risked their life. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's really true, sister. It's like, yeah, just the unsung heroes, that the heroic little acts of kindness that like actually I think keep the world moving. Like mm-hmm. one of the ones I was most struck with in my whole life was um, we were pulling into a gas station and we're going to go into this one pump. Mm-hmm. And this other car had pulled into the pump just like just then. But then they saw us and they realized we were trying to, we had thought that pump was available, we were trying to get to it. What did they do? They backed out. They ba- they hadn't even filled yet. They had backed out to let us fill up. I was like, that is like extreme kindness. That's amazing. It's like, you really don't have to do that, but they did it. That is amazing. Yeah, I was very moved. Or even actually, sister, I was sent on a mission um, to get donuts on a Sunday morning. Wow. And I was visiting my family. And so I was sent um, with a serious mission to mm-hmm. get donuts. It's very serious. I just want to say Sunday that. donuts. <laughs> and I've got most of my nieces and nephews are under the age of nine. Oh, yes. You better get that donut order right. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like standing in line and you, you wouldn't believe it. Like the line was out the door. People mm-hmm. were really eager. This very special donut shop. Uh, it was the place to be, the place to go Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So I I made my order. I ordered all my donuts. <laughs> and, you know, they were very patient with my sprinkle smidges and my bacon bits <laughs> and the all the unique donuts that they had. And I got to the cash register and this person um, stepped out and gave them 
their credit card and said, <laughs> I want to cover uh, these donuts wow. for sister. And I was I was actually blown away. That's so I moving. mean, this was an obscene amount of donuts, actually. Yeah. And um, she was over the moon to do it. Wow. So filled with joy in giving that gift. And simply, she wouldn't even give me her name. She said, mm. just pray for me. Wow. Uh, pray for my family for special attention. And I was like, absolutely. Mm. Um, but I was so moved. That's amazing. I was so moved by her kindness, her goodness, mm-hmm. and actually just the joy that I saw in her eyes mm-hmm. and just radiating from her heart to do something kind and good for another. And this is donuts. It's not like they were necessary or essential to life. Right. <laughs> but actually joy in giving um, super abundantly, which is the way that God loves to give. It's amazing. It's amazing. Honestly, like all of these things, you see this example of, it's almost like this divine love, like Amen. that it, it pierces like the ordinariness and, and actually brings eternity into Amen. what otherwise would be an ordinary moment. There it is, the day to day. Yeah. And actually it never gets bigger than the little things. Yeah. Even our cross guard, we have a school right next to us mm-hmm. and his name is Julius and I love him. He always has a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. He is connected with all the kiddos. Um, I walk by and he tells me a joke or we, we have a running joke that he doesn't like snow and I love snow. And uh, <laughs> when it gets cold, it's uh, we start a little prayer battle uh, to see who's going to get snowflakes um, or not. <laughs> That's funny. But it is those little relationships. But his joy, mm-hmm. his joy at mm-hmm. the the beautiful and simple task that uh, he lives and, mm-hmm. and serves in as a crossing guard. Mm-hmm. That I, I know these kids will never forget him. And I know it's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, to walk by and say hello. Yeah. So unsung heroes, uh, it's a good thing to look for them. And you don't have to look too far to Mm -hmm. see them and find them. Mm -hmm. It's true. And I think actually it's going to weave in nicely today with what we have to unpack with in this first chapter is is looking for the good Mm -hmm. and appealing (laughs) to God's vision um, as we step into life wherever we might be living it. That's awesome. Should we kick it off with a prayer? Let's pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We praise you for your goodness, for your love, uh, for calling us to yourself, to your heart. Lord, we ask you to fill us right now with your spirit. Help us to see as you see, Lord. Help us to know um, deeply the, the beauty of our own beings made in your image and likeness. Um, and help us to know deeply your love for us. We entrust ourselves to you, um, all those in our lives to you, all the needs and intentions of our hearts, to you and to our Blessed Mother, as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed Blessed art thou among women, and and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of Life, pray Pray for for us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So I know last episode we, we started the first half of, of chapter one, um, and which was good. And but I, I really appreciated what you had talked about in that first chapter. How it, some of the stuff John Paul II brings up, it kind of confronts the heart a little bit in mm-hmm. terms of of the gravity or the kind of the nature of what he's what he's talking about. It. But um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of talk about that again yeah because i think it's sister. i think it's real like it's not light reading necessarily no it's amen it's definitely not light reading mm-hmm. and it is a confrontation and i think actually for today as we're looking at 
you know, chapter one, part two, mm-hmm. it might be helpful just to give, in a sense, an overview, mm-hmm. like just kind of a wash over the whole chapter, because we're not going to be able to lean into every point that he makes. Mm-hmm. But I think to kind of gather uh, what he laid out, and then actually to back it up even more and to say, first of all, yeah, uh, what's the 40,000 foot view on um the human person mm-hmm. on life, a, a vision for humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, in a sense, why is John Paul II have all these concerns? Mm-hmm. And then secondly, looking at kind of the root of the crisis that we mm-hmm. see, which is um, an eclipse between God and man mm-hmm. and leaning into that. Because I think as Sisters of Life, uh, we live there mm-hmm. uh, and, and we know how important it is uh, to look upon ourselves and each other as God sees us mm-hmm. and how that makes all the difference. Yeah. And then lastly, um, focusing in on what this chapter ends with, which really is um, this stroke of hope mm-hmm. and an invitation to choosing for mm-hmm. life, to being a part of that vision of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we're beginning this with unsung heroes, in a sense, being committed to being an unsung hero yeah. in our day to day. So I don't know, three points, I love that. Should I start with an overview? I love, you know, yeah, I love 40,000 foot views. I think we should do it. I'm remembering my time when I got to go in the cockpit before that, you know, that wasn't allowed. It's amazing. The world looks different when you take that moment and just look down. So let's, let's do it. Okay. So basically, I think, yes, it's like giving credence to John Paul II in this first chapter, as he's looking at present day threats to human life, he paints a very vivid picture of offenses against human life. And he does. In a sense, he boils it down. He's looking at every level and layer. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, ultimately, what we have is a crisis of culture. You know, that there's a skepticism of some of the foundational realities of knowledge, of ethics. Um, In a sense, there's a big question mark about who man is, what his rights are, what his duties are. Mm -hmm. Um, He's seeing the reality that so many people are left alone uh, with their problems, that there's this break in solidarity. Mm -hmm. Um, There perhaps is a misunderstanding about the responsibility that Mm -hmm. we have to each other as human persons. And that ultimately this is boiling down to a real eclipse of the value of life, that it can be very hard to perceive mm-hmm. um, the goodness of life, I think, sometimes in this culture, um, of our lives, of others' mm-hmm. others' lives. Um, and he covers a lot of ground. Uh, he kind of spares no detail. He just goes for it. Yeah. Uh, that there's a number of ills of our time. And he wrote this document. In 1995. Right. So... so it's a while ago. A while ago. Yeah. And yet many of the same ills are present mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they continue to develop. And he basically says, yeah, if we look at the beginning of life, he talks about um, human sexuality. Um, are we looking at that from God's point of view mm-hmm. or otherwise? Um, abortion, contraception, um, you know, how we're using the information um, in prenatal diagnosis, um, the developments that have been made in artificial reproductive technologies and are they in line with God's vision for how he has designed life to come to be? Um, he also moves to the end of life. He talks about mm-hmm. physician-assisted suicide. He talks about euthanasia. He talks about the question of human suffering. Mm-hmm. And is it something to control and avoid at all costs? 
Or is it something that is a mystery? And while it is an evil, um, that it can be treated with human love and mm-hmm. compassion mm-hmm. and that there can be because of the life of Christ, uh, meaning mm-hmm. in that reality. Um, he talks about the reality that whole sciences, um, systems, political and otherwise, mm-hmm. are developing, which in a sense increase threats um, yeah. against the dignity of, of the human person. Um, veritable structures of sin. Mm-hmm. This, this is strong language. Yeah. Um, and again, the roots and being this crisis of culture, uh, a notion of freedom, which exalts the individual in an absolute way. Like mm-hmm. I remember I suffered this as a kid. I had a big brother <laughs> yeah. and he got to make up all the rules. <laughs> and when it's I no play, fun. it's no fun. I remember playing Monopoly. I thought I knew the rules, but then he claimed he was the banker and yeah. you know, started taking all my property. And <laughs> I, so again, his will, it was his way or the highway, right? Right, right, right. But again, and that's a, a candid example for this, this exaltation mm-hmm. um, of, of freedom and what is mm-hmm. human freedom and, and what is that gift that we've been given? Mm-hmm. Um, and that this exaltation leads to relativism, mm-hmm. right? Um, that uh, a separation of truth from the exercise of freedom, which can lead to distortions and can ultimately let us down as yeah. we're seeking to build a uh, culture and society that really upholds the dignity of mm-hmm. the human person. So he does. This is a lot. It is a lot, sister. And it's, I'm, I imagine people, you know, as you're listening to this, it's like, gosh, I thought we said that you know, if you're looking for for looking for hope, this is the season for you. It's like, I, <laughs> isn't this just depressing and like terrible? Mm-hmm. And and what what's John Paul II doing? Like he's kind of squaring his shoulders and just looking at what's what's happening, what's kind of happening in our reality. Um, and and I think it's important for us to do right because hope is not optimism. Hope's not like a do 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 dancing down the street with butterflies and sunshine you know like hope is looking at the reality um and trusting in a god who um whose love actually is more real you know Mm -hmm. and so i think it's yes like we actually have to look at this and be be honest and genuine and real with there are problems in our world um you know we're not putting our head in the sand we're not closing our eyes to that um but then once acknowledging that and then letting the lord speak into that speak truth Mm -hmm. into that um, and letting ourselves be rooted in a hope that doesn't come from this world but actually comes from him and his Mm -hmm. love Um, so i think it's it's yeah it's it's heavy it can be hard even reading it a little bit but it's actually i think essential in order to um, look at the rest of of the document amen sister well i think too it's like being real with it and then actually what am i going to live for Mm mm-hmm basically Mm -hmm. what is the vision that i'm living for Mm -hmm. like if these if these dimensions um are leaving us empty-handed and i think you know i think if you ask anyone um they would say these are tough days these are tough Mm -hmm. times and there's experiences that are letting us down and ultimately it's like what is the vision because Mm -hmm. actually the vision of faith is reasonable it actually makes really good sense yeah and i think this brings us to our second point which is um, this eclipse between God and man. And why is this such a problem? Like, why is this mm-hmm. um, going to leave us disoriented? Yeah. Um, and I, I wonder, I just want to read some excerpts from the catechism of the Catholic Church because it speaks ultimately to 
the vision that we hold mm-hmm. of this human person in number 703 it says the word of god and his breath are at the origin of the being and life of every creature mm. that's awesome we're talking about the word of god mm-hmm. the breath of god mm-hmm. is at the origin of your life of my life and i know we've said this before but that changes everything mm-hmm. that if god has chosen this life mm-hmm. to be then there's a reverence mm-hmm. that is required mm-hmm. as i gaze upon it as i treat it the other reality is that so profound our dignity so special are we to god that the world is actually a gift mm-hmm. and this is like kind of a game changer the reality that all is gift yeah i don't think uh, again it can be hard to see life in that way but actually this is the christian outlook this is mm-hmm. this is the fundamental reality and again 299 in the catechism just a, a little longer quote but worth it. it says the universe created in and by the eternal word the image of the invisible god is destined for and addressed to man I just, I just love this and the reality that it's been addressed to us. God has given us uh, so many gifts. It's amazing. I mean, just walk through a park. It's amazing. Look at a leaf of a tree. Yeah. Um, let the sun warm your face. Yeah. And there's goodness that yeah. we taste in that. Yeah. And that speaks to us of this greater reality, as you were saying, sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and the need, in a sense, to return to our roots. Mm-hmm. That why is it such a crisis? Why does it leave a person disoriented? Why does it leave a culture mm-hmm. um, in a spiral? Mm-hmm. If there's an eclipse between God and the human person, um, because he made us. Right. And we only come to know ourselves authentically as we allow God to gaze upon us, right. as we look at him looking at us. Right. You know, it's sister, it makes me think of, um, I love all that. And as you're speaking, it makes me think of my experience at an, an aquarium. Um, awesome. Hold, be, stay with me here. But um, basically, like, because I think the world, like, yes, the world, or we can often look at, again, the human person, reality, human experience, as you're saying, the world in this one lens but when we're looking at it through God's perspective, it's like a totally different experience. It's a totally different posture and view. And it's like, oh my gosh, how did not, I not see this before? But it makes me think of visiting uh, an aquarium and s- looking down, like just standing on the platform and looking down at the water. And you couldn't really see anything. Like you could kind of see the shark fins come up sometimes and go down. And, you know, it was kind of like, oh, cool, you know. But then, then you got to go and they had this, um, you got to go under the tank and there's this conveyor belt um, and you're literally standing on the conveyor belt and it's taking you and they have like these tunnels, these glass tunnels. So you're actually in it. You're in, you're in the tank and you're watching the sharks swim over you and the fish. And it's like, it's a, it was a totally different experience from looking down at the dark water from the top. It's like, I can barely see anything when you're in it. Um, it's like, oh my gosh, this is a whole world. I'm seeing things I could never see before. I'm understanding things in a way I could never understand before. That's what it is looking at the human person through through God's eyes, through as he intended wow, uh, us to be a reality to be. It's really amazing. It's really amazing. And and I, I think, I mean, when we, for, like, as you're speaking, the eclipse of God and man, like what is an eclipse? Eclipse is when something else obstructs another an object. You're, so 
obviously thing like a solar eclipse right like i'm sure you've had experiences with solar eclipse mm-hmm. they're super cool they're super cool but you can't look at them directly because you'll you know be blind or something yeah, you have to look at bad effects yeah, yeah. i don't <laughs> i've never done it but you know like but you need to like look through a special box thing and like yeah but it's 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 this obstruction and yeah it's just a neat it's a neat image to to paint like what happens when we mm-hmm. when we forget god mm-hmm. you know well and even um the document would pose that without the creator the creature would disappear mm-hmm. right when god is forgotten the creature itself grows unintelligible um man is no longer able to see himself as mysteriously different mm-hmm. from other earthly creatures he regards himself merely as one more living being as an organism which at most has reached a very high stage of perfection um he no longer grasps the transcendent character of his existence as man. He no longer considers life as a splendid gift of God, something sacred entrusted to his responsibility and thus also to his loving care and veneration. Mm. It's all very powerful. He says, life itself becomes a mere thing, which man claims as his exclusive property, completely subject to his control and manipulation. Mm. Number 23, he says, the eclipse of the sense of God and of man inevitably leads to a practical materialism, which breeds individualism, utilitarianism, and hedonism. Mm -hmm. So you see there's kind of this cascade. um, And yet when you think about what does it feel like when you go to pray, right? Mm -hmm. What does it feel like when you are given the grace and privilege of just receiving the love of God as you adore the Blessed Sacrament, Mm -hmm. um, as we worship God, as we praise him? peace Mm -hmm. goodness like i feel the gift of my own life Mm -hmm. um as you can experience yourself as being chosen and beloved and worthy of god's love it's powerful what god does the god effect it really is sister and it's because it's like in the lord that's who we when we discover who we are Mm -hmm. that's when our life you know takes on this um greater meaning and and depth and we can see more clearly you know like i remember talking to this one young man and i was asking him and i said do you pray every day and he said no i don't and he was really kind of depressed and down on life and just kind of giving up hope really and i said you know try praying just 15 minutes a day Mm. just try it and, and stick to it like your life depended on it and just just do it um if there's nothing else in life that you just just do this Honestly, sister, the the change that I have seen in even th- three weeks of he- just praying every day, it was like like a new like like hope in his voice, wow, sister. happiness, looking forward to life, a new new interest. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just because it's like mm-hmm. when, when we're out of touch with God, or we're not, or or, or letting ourselves be in His presence, and you know, consciously choosing. Um, it's like we we're, we're scrambling to fill to be filled, mm-hmm. um, and nothing else is going to fill us but Him. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's where I think too. It's like this chapter is great, you know, that it kind of lays things out for us. But as we bring this conversation to others, it is we kind of have to back up to the forty thousand foot view mm-hmm. and begin here. Kind mm-hmm. of begin building bridges as far as like asking those questions how do you understand yourself in this world? Mm-hmm. Like we have to build bridges. Mm-hmm. In a sense, it's not a given. And this view, the Christian view of the world, um, you know, many have never heard it. Mm-hmm. Many have never experienced it. No. And having a great deal of patience and 
compassion and mercy uh, for those who who may never have heard your gift mm-hmm. or conceived of themselves in that way mm-hmm. and start I don't know praying about how do I start these conversations yeah like when a person and you disagree with any of the many issues that John Paul II brings up here rather than starting a, a fight saying gosh how did how did you get to that? Mm-hmm. How did you arrive to that conviction? Right. Um, and really seeking to understand, to understand the person in front of you. And in that, being able perhaps to create more meaningful bridges for mm-hmm. them to connect with God, mm-hmm. with their creator, with life itself. Mm-hmm. Um, Taking the time to listen. Yeah, sister. Yeah. yeah, it's so powerful and important. And even, I mean, even as we were talking about the unsung heroes, like to, to show people, to, to love people, mm-hmm. you know, step out of the way to, do acts of kindness. I mean, honestly, that can change somebody's life. That speaks volumes, volumes. Amen, you have no idea the power of your love, like truly, truly. Yes. Um, and like building, like we can begin building a culture of life and a culture of love with, as you're saying, with the little things, with yes, our day-to-day right. interactions. It's so powerful. It all goes back to that song. What song? <laughs> they know that we're Christians by our love. Ah, uh, yes. You know, I won't sing it, but... You could if you <laughs> wanted to. <laughs> no. But no, and it brings, I think, us to the third point here that we're going to hit today is just towards the end of this chapter. You know, number 25 and on um, yeah. speaks to signs of hope and an invitation to commitment uh, that... Wow, it actually has a lot of powerful um, spiritual nuggets here. This reality that, you know, when human life is attacked or irreverenced, um, God feels that. God is attacked. God Mm -hmm. is irreverenced. This reality that the voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And and we talked about that. Mm -hmm. You know, the first uh, murder that occurred um, between Mm -hmm. Abel and Cain. And basically that God um, hears this cry and he mediated a new covenant Mm. that basically Jesus went to the broken bottom of your life and mine. Um, He brought redemption. He brought new life. Um, And in this, we have a choice. Yeah, We can choose life wherever we are, wherever we're standing, no matter how dark it is in front of us. Um, we can choose and reach out for life, mm-hmm. for that life that Christ extends to us, and we can imitate his life. Mm-hmm. We have the grace and the invitation, in a sense, to make a sincere gift of ourselves, as you're talking about, sister, mm-hmm. this witness of love yeah. that is more powerful than anything. But we have to dare to live it, to yeah. reveal it. It's really true, sister. And actually, as you're speaking, it it brings to mind a powerful example of... um a man named uh, Lieutenant Stefan Yasinski. I'm hoping I'm saying it right. But he was um, he was a lieutenant in the, um, in the Polish underground army during World War II. And he was basically a, a spy trying to scout out um, the conditions of Auschwitz and basically reporting back and, and trying to help, help the people who were in prison there. Anyway, he got um, arrested uh, as he was trying to do these good things. And thrown it, he was thrown into Auschwitz himself, and he was put into this um, cell, not too far from Maximilian Kolbe's cell, in the same wow. same uh, death bunker, block eleven, and um, and it was it's really powerful because so he's there, and it's like I mean, kind of an image of hell, basically, you know, mm-hmm. you can just imagine Auschwitz, um, and 
What did he do? He carved into the plaster of his cell wall um, an image of Jesus, an image of the merciful Jesus. And you can see actually him holding, like he also drew part of himself in holding Jesus. And I I think this is such a powerful image is what you're talking about is like, we can always choose. And yes, I mean, this is heroic, (laughs) you know, in kind of an exceptional situation, but he chose life. He chose the Lord and made this act of faith in this darkness that the Lord um, sees him, is with him, and that Mm -hmm. this evil that's happening around him does not tell him who he is. Um, It is not the end story. Um, And I think it's just so important. I think it's a powerful, powerful uh, image for us, you know? It's really powerful, especially not to allow that eclipse, Mm -hmm. to preserve that relationship which is there between us Mm -hmm. um, and our creator, Yeah, each and every single one of us. It's really true. But... It makes me think of another, just another image too of that, of, of, um, I remember I used to teach swimming lessons. I think I mentioned before I entered and there's one class I taught that was for, um, children who had some kind of disability. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this one young man who had, um, very severe autism mm-hmm. and he couldn't talk and I don't think he'd ever be able to talk. Um, and I remember my, my teaching quote unquote was I literally, you know, you take him by the hand into the water and just hold his hands and stand there in the water for half an hour, you know? Wow. And he would just kind of look around and couldn't say anything and just look around. And um, and his mom, I was so moved because I was kind of like, I hope he's liking this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. But his mom, like, knew his every, you know, gesture, which even appeared hidden to me. And she could read her son so profoundly and so deeply and she's like oh you know he loves this he loves this it's so wonderful but to me like what an image of of yeah that choosing life choosing love um Mm. and just the the reverences treating each person with such reverence and kindness and yes it's like john paul ii talks at one point about you know our dignity is not equated with our ability to communicate you know and and just like those little ways of of affirming another's dignity that it that it is despite of what the person can do or not do you know Amen. i think it's so powerful it's really beautiful sister in a sense um the blood of christ um will give us the strength mm-hmm. that we need to commit ourselves to promoting life however it finds us um how beautifully this mother responded mm-hmm. to her child mm-hmm. um that in in a sense we have certitude in mm-hmm. in christ's offering that God's plan uh, for life is going to be victorious. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, again, maybe if you permit me one more example, someone I'm mm-hmm. coming to know more and who's actually a venerable, um, his cause was opened recently in 2017, uh, born in 1909, mm-hmm. uh, Father Patrick Payton. I don't know if you've heard of him. You know, I have heard of him. Sister mm-hmm. Mary, one of our sisters, Amen. talks about him very often. Amen. So He's incredible. Holy Cross priest. He was born in Ireland, but then he came across, you know, the pond <laughs> to the United States and was ordained in 1941 and just had this deep conviction that families needed to pray together and that mm-hmm. this would transform culture, that this would bring about the reverence and the love that God intends in mm. our families, in our society, in our culture. Um, he was incredible. This mm. simple uh, priest 
And honestly, one of the greatest spiritual leaders of the 20th century, he spoke to 28 million people in person. That's crazy. He set records for gathering the largest amount of people. Um, And this is, again, this is in the the mid-1900s that he was bringing about a whole new way of evangelization. His zeal was unbelievable. He himself, in a sense, received a miracle through really throwing himself into prayer to Mm. our Blessed Mother, that he was very, very sick. And the doctors basically told him, you can have a very risky surgery that Mm -hmm. might lead to death and is likely to, or you can pray. And basically, a fellow priest, he wasn't yet ordained. uh, Patrick Payton was not yet ordained and had this huge desire to become a priest. And this priest came to him and he said, Patrick, you've been given the gift of faith and what Mm -hmm. are you going to do with it, basically? Wow. And he threw his whole heart into praying and asking Our Lady for a miracle, for a healing. And he actually experienced this physical healing happen as he said this prayer. And he really gave his whole life. He totally surrendered to her. And then basically what spent the rest of his, his life and after he was ordained a priest, drawing millions and millions of families of persons um, into faith, into praying together as a family, into bringing new grace and miracles into people's marriages and family life. Even one of my favorite um, little miracles mm-hmm. of during his lifetime actually is one of his friends fell six stories Um, yeah 65 feet um they were he was working in construction and fell and landed on concrete oh um and they said the doctor said there's no way this man was going to survive every bone in his body was broken he had he had severe trauma to his 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 head and his brain and they called father patrick payton to come and just pray with him basically he was a, a young father of four and he asked everyone to leave the room and they say he basically just held this man's head in his hands and for hours just prayed, wow. just prayed for this man. And he didn't pass away. Wow. The next day, what? nor the next day, nor the next day, this man had four more children. That's amazing. Lived a very long and happy life. Um, and again, one of the the many powerful fruits of this man's prayer but an incredible incredible good shepherd Mm. and someone who i think embodies this he chose life Mm -hmm. he he invited his brothers and sisters to that connection to not allow their relationship between them and god eclipse to not allow their relationship between their family and god eclipse um some of his quotes the world hasn't got a prayer without yours um, I think wow. we've all heard it, right? The family that prays together stays together. Yep. Um, he said that question, where does prayer fit in today? I'd say, where does your heart fit in to your body? Where does the air fit in when you breathe? It is an essential dimension in our very lives. Wow. Uh, he said, what love you could get for your little sacred home if you gave 10 minutes out of 24 long hours to your family? Hmm. Um so That's an incredible, amazing. incredible man. I encourage people to get to know him. But gosh, sister, before we go, what do you, what do you think? It's a good question. What do I think? I would say um, maybe just pray about one way the Lord is inviting you to um, affirm someone, uh, affirming their their being, their goodness. Uh, you know, as as a son or daughter of God, um, that could be someone 
and your family, your friends, someone you don't know, maybe a stranger. Um, but just to to pray about what the Lord might be inviting you to in that, um, and and yeah, affirming someone, building communion, um, and and then having the courage to to do it, to try it. You know, whether that's a little, just a little word or action or whatever it is. Um, yeah, just to to do that because I think every honestly every act of love is eternal um, and has eternal consequences and is powerful. So. Yeah, that's my that's my before you go. That's awesome, sister. Yeah, what about you? My gosh, yeah, I love yours. You know, your love matters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say just uh, as you're thinking about your own life of faith, um, the reality that our life of faith it is it's it's reasonable and it's good and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And there's an, a deep integrity to it. It's an intelligent faith. And so I would encourage... Um, if there is a particular dimension of our faith that you struggle with, or if you're not quite sure why mm-hmm. uh, we believe what we believe, um, whether it's a life issue, whether it's in the realm of human love, mm-hmm. um, I would just encourage you uh, ask questions, mm-hmm. uh, start doing some reading, uh, explore it and see where the Lord leads you and lean in with honesty. And God is not afraid of your questions. He's not afraid of, you know, hangups that you might have in a sense, uh, start that dialogue with the Lord. And, um, and I think it will bless you, uh, immensely mm-hmm. and lead you to more truth, which again, life is a lifelong pursuit of such. So, yeah, I believe, I believe. Amen. <laughs> well, this great. has been a joy, sister. It has. Thank you. Amen. Well, shall we close with a prayer? That'd be awesome. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you, we praise you, that you are Lord and that you have shared your life with us. We ask for every grace to receive this gift, to cherish it and to do good with it. We ask, Holy Spirit, come and inspire our love. And Blessed Mother, uh, keep us safe in the calm and the care of your Immaculate Heart. And we just thank you and praise you, Father, as we say glory be to the Father, to the, the Son, Son, and to the, to the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit as, as it was in the beginning, beginning is now, and, and will be forever. forever. Amen. Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless and keep all of you. We're praying for you. Yeah, and we encourage you also just to read along with us if you like. Um, we'll be posting um, questions, reflection questions, if you want to do those uh, with us. And next uh, episode, we'll be talking about uh, going into chapter two. So look forward to being with you then. God bless. This was Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life, a religious community of women consecrated for the protection of the sacredness of human life. Be assured of our prayers and learn more at sistersoflife.org.